Many people were wondering what happened to Uncle Granddaddy Public uh, last week. It seemed to be kicked off the show abruptly. Well, he's going to tell you right now. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Uncle Ruckus, and I have to explain what happened to me last week. So I was doing a bit of a ghetto soundproofing, sitting in my bathroom, trying to get away from my wife, kids, dogs, all the people I dislike. <laughs> and my wife heard me on the podcast, and because she's a hater, she decided to say, to scream my name and look for me and t saying things like, I know you hear me. I know you're not in there taking a shit. I don't know what you're doing. She probably thought I was looking at porn, but I wasn't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've gave you my explanation. Enjoy the podcast. And here's what we got next week, Chief. Hey, everybody. It's stand-up comedian Kevin Dombrowski, and I am extremely hungover. Be sure to catch me on the Sports Antidote, the recent episode number four next Wednesday with Danny Belts and the Drunk Neighbor, which is a much better nickname than mine, the Creepy Uncle. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, The Reset, episode number three. I'm your host, Danny Belts, with a Z, and here's my trusty co-host, The Drunk Neighbor. He's drinking wine today, he couldn't crack a beer. So much to talk about today. We're going to give a quick uh, State of the Union, uh, keeping the antidotions, it's Drunk Neighbor's term, up to par, or up to speed on what's going on behind the scenes. We'll talk about a crazy story about he found a turtle from my pond today, which is pretty funny. We had to defend its life immediately. A crazy story of some woke white bitch that I met at a casino yesterday, which is nuts. Karen. Karen. <laughs> L.A. is effectively getting rid of its police department nearly. We'll talk about that. Chaz Chop in Seattle. Mayor Durkin. Loser. Especially the one in Olympia. Mayor Salby. Idiot. Kate Brown, governor of Oregon. God, we're really picking on the Northwest liberal female leadership here. I don't know. It just has to be. Uh, once again, COVID-19. We're A big thing here on the Trump era versus the HIV Reagan era, which will tie into Major League Baseball. The drunk neighbor is really got his futures ready to roll. He is not a fan of the Atlanta Braves, uh, which I like because that is against the grain. I like it. It's not that I'm not... I think that this short season poses a challenge for them. And we'll get into that. Though. Yes, the short season is going to be... Actually, that is amazing. It's a, Can you imagine having like a football season with eight games or like seven games? Or something crazy like a, because I mean, there's what 162 in baseball, so we're basically chopping this thing into nearly 30 percent. It'd be great for our Saints because they usually fall apart around the 16, 17, 18th game. As you say, like a what, like a nickel mob. Like a nickel mob. <laughs> yeah, we know. So, um, great episode coming today. Uh, we cannot. We're not going to have any guests on today. You just heard Uncle Ruckus give a hilarious story of what happened That's last what week. Does. We had to cut him off, dude. He's the best. Dickie Salvo is not going to make it today, nor will Tommy Bench. It's just your boys. Uh, it's me and the drunk neighbor today. And as we talk about the redirection, the reset, the pivot, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a quick state of the union. So once again, uh, you know, we've had some really cool chats with the, the social media team and everything. And tonight uh, we are going to be launching um, the Twitter release of the Sports Antidote, the reset, as well as Instagram. 
Facebook next week, but it's pretty cool. The Marketeer, Julia, is really working her ass off here with a couple of our social media team. We're just excited. You've been on some calls. It is pretty exciting to have it structured now with the ops guy, Tommy Bench, is really pulling this thing together. I think it's great. It's good. We need all of you to help out by rating, reviewing, and telling all of your friends. Speaking of which, I recruited one boy, uh, two people today at the bar. Okay, oh, Dad? Okay. What? Very good. That's what I do. I'm out here. Well, what do you say? Brick by brick, man. You got to get people interested. You got to sell this thing. He's a cool dude. I right? said very good. I know. I don't want to say his name is a good dude, and I'll see him next Wednesday. And he's friends with the head coach of Delgado Baseball, and he played baseball for Tulane in the 80s. And he almost went to the World Series, but guess who knocked him out? LSU at Death Valley in 86, he said. He couldn't get past the Tigers. At Your the Tigers. At the box, baby. So we want to be, th- you know, we thank all those people for doing that. Uh, so let's get right to business. So, you know, I get a phone call from the drunk neighbor here. It's about six in the morning. He gets up at like 2.30 in the morning before, you know, he does more before six than most people have done. What, what your roommate, your tenant gets up at what, noon or something? Usually around 3 p.m. 3 p.m., yeah. You've done more in, like, in, a, in a, that day than he'll do in like a month. The drunk neighbor, the ultimate male, his knee's, his knees getting better after surgery. Uh, soon he'll be doing what he does again, which is running 50 miles a day and such. But he, he finds a little turtle uh, in one of the little ditches around our house, and he knows I have a turtle pond. So he brings me the turtle. It's like 6.30 in the morning. I put the turtle in the pond, and the pond's under restructure. I get a lot of shit from people about the pond, all right? It's getting a rebound. It looks a lot better now than it did. And uh, within like, I don't know, 10 minutes, I look out, and there's an egret. You know what an egret is? It's a big white stork-looking bird that's predatorial. It eats everything. It eats other birds, and it's trying to eat that turtle. And I throw a rock at this thing and miss it by a hair. And I mean, it would have killed him. Uh, and I thought it got the turtle, but it didn't. So to award the turtle for living, I fed it some ham. Turtles love ham and worms. And uh, now I can't find him. Actually, no, I think we've seen him. I don't know. My wife saw him. He's probably hiding. But thanks for the turtle, bro. I, I appreciate I it. I know why you lost. You, you killed the turtle because I had na- I'd given you two options to name the this turtle. This is a good point. I forgot about this. What were the options again? I told you you can name it Jerry Garcia Ugh. or Bill Walton. Well, I chose Jerry Garcia because I'd be damned if anybody's going to be named Bill Walton and somehow the drunk neighbor is a fan. I like Jerry Garcia. He rips, right? He's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah, of course. He killed in half base. It's in. He killed in half base. Yeah, the dead. You still By think the way, Bill Walton has an open invitation on the sports animal. I'd love to have him on. I think that would be, uh, be crazy. Um, so, you know, as we get into the, the – yeah, that would be. And just as Bill Walton is crazy, so is this stupid lady. So as we get into the crazy, you know, as we get into this whole scene of race division in our country and as it gets to be more and more crazy, The Onion now looks more realistic. There was an article, The Onion, is going to start posting real stuff now because their stuff now looks like normal stuff because this is just out of control. A Sahara dust storm or God knows what else next. Well, I'm sitting at a buffet yesterday at Have a Good Time at Silver Slipper. I left Alabama, and I thought, hey, I'm going to go hit the buffet, have a couple belts, play a little blackjack. And I did. Lost a hundo. Actually, $85, but who cares? And um, I'm going to the buffet, and this is, this is where we are now, and this is even in Mississippi. So the buffets, the salad bar, you can, get, you can go to the salad bar, but there's, so it's roped off, and there's an employee by the salad bar, and it's like at Subway. You just tell them what you want, and they put it on the plate. And, of course, they're extremely stingy. So the lady makes the salad for me. It's not her fault. She's under orders. And then, you know, I go down and sit 
and the waitress comes over and asks what I want to drink. And I said, give me two glasses of Cabernet. I said, you can bring them both right now. And she looked at me like I was the lush of the century. And I'm like, okay, you know, give me a break, sweetie. <laughs> Put it in a plastic cup. I don't care. Do whatever you have to do. So I ate the salad, but it was like this handful of salad. So I go back, okay? Now, what I forgot to say was that the nice lady that was made the salad for me was a older, short, African-American lady with a BLM mask on, nice as can be. She was like, oh, I like your shirt. I'm like, yeah, my wife got me this shirt. And we were talking. I was holding the lineup, so I left. And then I came back to get another salad. What did the shirt say? What's that? What did the shirt say? It didn't say anything. It was just Change a nice... Change we can believe in, 2008? No, it did not say that, no. It didn't say MAGA. It just was a nice... She got it from your Father's Day. It's a fitted... You know the shirts that make you look a little stronger than you are without them being really tight? It was the Obama shirt, but go ahead. It was the Obama shirt. So anyway, so... Uh, I go back over there, and it's the same lady, so I presume, and I say, you know what? I was just here. Like, I was, I'll, I'll just have the same thing. I know she remembers. It's very simple. And she says, and the African-American lady says to me, oh, that wasn't me. That was my sister. So they rotate. So her sister goes over the side to the fruit buffet, and then they're, they're identical twins with the same mask on. And this white lady, who's next in line, goes, oh, they all look the same to you? And I turn around and look at her. My eyes got the size of silver dollars. And before I could even say, the next three words coming out of my mouth were this. Listen up, bitch. It was coming out fire. I already knew it. I was just thinking what I'm going to say in the, in the median of my rant. But thank God that the voice of reason was the nice little, little lady who said, he, she said, sweetie, we're identical twins. You would have made the same mistake. It happens all the time. He ain't no racist. And I looked at her. I was like, thank you. And there was a couple white people that were like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, and then, of course, she looked salty and stupid because she Karen. was. Karen. Yeah, Karen. That's where we are now, though. Oh, they look the same to you. What, do you want an applause? Shut up. You know, I, I like to say, go jump back. I can't say the whole thing, but, you know, she should just go back in her mother's. Uh, go jump back over your mother. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah, that's about a good way to put it. But it's and just. You know, don't we all look a lot alike with. Those ridiculous masks on our faces all yeah, the time anyways. Banditos. But yeah, she can suck it. And I hope the worst things in life happen to you and only you. As I sip my soda, I'm sure somebody spit in. Uh, Los Angeles. All right, right now, so let's get into L.A. We're going to tie this into what we want to talk about today. So right now, as we all know in L.A., I was going to read the whole statement, but I'm not. Um, Los Angeles effectively defunded their police department to the tune of $1.54 million dollars while simultaneously re releasing 5,000 prisoners, over 5,000 prisoners. What could go wrong? Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. Um, it, it, it does sound like a great idea. Uh, it's a terrible idea. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is the Onion-type news right now. This is Onion news. Like, if you saw defund police department, you know, one, almost basically 150 million while letting prisoners out, if the Onion had done that a year ago, you'd have laughed and said, that's pretty funny. Imagine that. But now it's actually happening. This is a real thing. This is not my opinion. You're not going to get my opinion on stuff. This is actually happening in society. And this is insane. This is not good. This is crazy. And I just, right now, the people are leaving LA in a mass exodus, especially in New York. And they're going to Boise, Idaho. So apparently you got some peoples out there, huh? It's a nice place. What's going on in Boise? Well, a lot of open air, a lot of... Free range. A lot of potatoes out yeah. there. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'd move there. Sure, it's fine. It's good. It's no Kenner, Louisiana. It's okay. It's no Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, yeah, that place is beautiful. 
It's no Laramie, Wyoming. I'll tell you that. That place is a dump. You know what the tallest building is in Laramie, Wyoming? When I went there, I think I told you this is a joke. I went to watch Colorado play Texas and or Wyoming host Texas in 2008. Uh, I don't know the answer. The girls' dormitory is the tallest building in Laramie, Wyoming. That is hysterical. It's five stories. Interesting. It's actually a fact. You can Google that. Anyway, um, so this guy Alex Villanueva, he's the uh, he's the, the sheriff who's going to be stepping down, and he had this big statement on the way out, and he basically said that the CEO of LA County. They're the only place to get cut off as, as far as everyone else got their funding money except for the cops. Now they're dropping like flies. If I'm a professional criminal, one of my, one of my coworkers said this today. Oh, I just take a nice little West Coast trip. Mm-hmm. He goes, I go up L.A., I ride the piss out of them, and I go up to Seattle and just jump into the autonomous zone. And no one can get me. I'm like, that is a brilliant idea. That's amazing. And you're probably thinking, why, why, are we, why, why are we bringing this up? Why are we bringing this up? What's the, what's the purpose? We're, the sports antidote, you know, we cover a lot of things. But this, in your opinion, would you ever have seen this coming two years ago? Uh, no. 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 There is no to, way. To be quick. Yeah, no. to be, there you go. To be quick, I guess no. And, you know, to take a political stance here, it's not our purpose. These are grown men making decisions. These are grown men and women making decisions. And I don't know, man. If you're on that side of the fence... If you're all woke, you lost your job, you have a business, got burned down, you know, I don't know how you can sit there and, and, and be cool with this. And then we talk about like the Chaz, which I know that, cool. you know, gonna get you, into that. how you feel about that? Oh, well, you know, are we, are we going to dive in now? Is that you what can talk about doing? Chaz. Let's go, man. Yeah. So basically, you know, Chop, Chaz, Chop City. Uh, has turned into, you know, they wanted an autonomous zone where they didn't have to deal with how hard press it is to be an American these days. Oh, and it's the, so tough. And the, the worst part about it is, is that, you know, I, I think we can all agree that black lives do matter. And, uh, you know, the statement, not necessarily the group. So, you know, we're not all jumping in with the Marxist beliefs that they run into. And then... The actual sentiment has been hijacked by Antifa types that have created this Chaz Chop Seattle, where uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin has allowed them to do that because Loser. they were so peaceful. Loser. Because they were so peaceful. And then... A summer of love. Yeah. So, yeah. Summer of love all over again. So, they've created their own little paradise in this city where they've taken over government buildings, um, invited all the homeless to live there. But then what happens? People die. Remember George Orwell's Animal Farm? Yeah. Where, yeah, they, they kick Farmer Jones out, Snowball and Napoleon take over the pigs, and then they create all these laws, and it's going to be peace and love, it's going to be great to live there, but things change. People start getting shot within Chaz. You know, they, it, people start getting favored. There's become war kings, basically, within Chaz, and it's... They create borders. Oh, I thought they were against borders. They hated Donald Trump because he created a border down. Well, they barricaded their entire area. They want it's like, and they created all these rules, and then they change them. They change. It's exact. It's four legs good, two legs bad. Next thing you know, and now at four legs good, two legs better. (laughs) The pigs were walking, and they came a little too close to Mayor Jenny Durkin. They they came and threatened her home. And then you get, uh, who was it? Uh, the sheriff. 
the woman sheriff in Seattle, and that's not a shot at women sheriffs, I just remember her as a woman, uh, says, enough's enough, and they have decided to finally shut it down. And it was a very enjoyable video watching the cops push through. It was. And them, Didn't and, they threaten the mayor's daughter, and that's when it got real? Yeah, they, they threatened the family, and as the cops came through, they were, hey, it was peaceful, as they're pushed but. You're not peaceful whenever you're trying to take there's over dead an entire part of town. Yeah, and there's dead people. And there's more to this story. I, I'm sure I've skipped over a lot of it. I, I didn't take enough notes. But basically, no, the, this chop, it's basically been like Animal Farm. And yeah. Next thing you where, know, where do Boxer, we go from here? Boxer's going to the glue house. Yeah, to Boxer. Well. <laughs> you're taking the horse away. And no, you, you made great points. The one thing that I would just say is they had to change the name from Chaz to Chop. Because the word, the A in the acronym, the autonomous, made them a sovereign nation, which basically makes them domestic terrorists, and the Trumpster was going to send in the army. So they changed it, and I thought that was pretty funny. Pretty clever change by them. It's just so funny how these woke groups use names and then completely are the opposite. Black Lives Matter. And then they're shitting on black cops, throwing shit at black cops. Pushing black people away, putting them to the side, anti-fascist, and there's no bigger fascist than themselves. So uh, I just wanted to pipe that in there too. I love it. There is no bigger fascist than them. But let's not forget about another, some more female leadership. I'm sorry. I know we're just hammering away, but this is just too funny. Uh, Mayor Cheryl Selby uh, of Olympia, the capital of Washington. So she's on record two weeks ago of chastising everyone for calling them, not calling them peaceful protesters. They're not domestic terrorists. Well, drunk neighbor, I'm here to tell you, guess what? They made their way to her neighborhood and they made their way to her house. Uh, broke in there and now she is now rescinded, uh, not rescinded, recanted. Now they're domestic terrorists. It's amazing how that works. You know, it's not, there's a book I read a long time ago. It goes, do as I do as I say, not as I do. And this is a prime example of that. It's like, it's all good. It's all cool until you come into Elysium. Now we got a motherfucking problem. Because now you're on, my, you're on my lawn. Get off my lawn. But it's too late by then. So it is pretty funny how that works out, right? Yeah. I mean, you think these Hollywood, the, the crazy leftists. I'm talking about the real nut jobs. What's the dude from Breaking Bad? Uh, whatever his name is. Eisenheim. I don't know what his name is. Eisen- They're both nuts. Because the other one was when the... Jesse Pinkman. I, he I was take in, responsibility. I take responsibility. It's such... Even Rogan was roasting every I day. I take responsibility. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just tired of the whole, you know, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell gets up here and she's, she's so sad because she did black voice on a cartoon. And now she's saying, I shouldn't have done that. Then give the money back. They go, you kept the money. So you're really sorry? You're really sorry. Give that money to Black Lives Matter. Or give it to something. I Give it to NAACP. Don't give it to Black Lives Matter. Give it to somebody yeah, that tell actually you what, cares give, about Give it to the sports people. antidote reset so we can use this for marketing. How about that, Kristen Bell? She is a smoke show, though. I can't take that away from her. I don't know, but whatever. So anyway, once again, this disproves atheism. How can you be an atheist right now and say there's not a God? This is comedy. God is having fun with people. And right now, if you are an atheist, you're an atheist. I take responsibility. That's <laughs> It disproves atheism. We're having too much fun. So let's get into, before we get into the baseball thing, I want to discuss one thing. So, COVID-19. And don't you call me an atheist. Ah, uh, no, you're a good, good Catholic. Now pour some of the sacrament from your boy over here. So, uh, COVID-19 during the Trump era with Reagan's during the HIV era. Some very startling similarities. And this is what's great about the sports antidote. This is an original point. I have not heard this. Any, any I haven't heard Tucker 
or anyone on the left or the right. I haven't heard even, um, you know, Dave Portnoy, the king of social media, my boy. He's not my boy, but one day he will be. And anyone really talk about this, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I do want to make my point as we turn this into baseball, as the drunk neighbor talks about his interesting picks for that. Um, <clears throat> so the Trump era was interesting right now in itself for a lot of reasons with this, you know, contagion, pathogen, whatever you want to call it, pandemic. The same thing with Reagan. There was a book written a long time ago by a guy named David Horowitz. This is interesting. You should Google this. He was raised as a Marxist by his parents in a commune, a literal communist commune by the definition. Um, it was crazy the way he was raised. He was one of the grassroots people when the whole like far left, again, not getting political, you can look all this up. The fuck, excuse me, I'm supposed to say it's not getting political. I am getting political, I apologize. I'm just not giving my political opinion. But David Horowitz was one of the Cal Berkeley 60s, late 50s, early 60s guys that graduated where really this whole thing started where, you know, the whole Vietnam were spitting on troops were aligning with a lot of radical organizations. And now he's an outspoken conservative. Oh, that's real. Danny Belt, so he's a conservative. That's why. No, it's just very incredible. You can be on poll. That's like being a Muslim and then holding a snake in the church in West Virginia. Okay. It's very, they're very polarizing on the opposite ends of the world. It's the South and the North Pole, I guess. I don't, they're not even near each other. But the book was amazing as he talked about what happened when he was writing um, as a journalist in San Francisco, how a lot, how this virus came into the United States in the late 70s. They identified it. No one knew what it was. No one knew what it was. Scientists couldn't figure it out. Doctors couldn't figure it out. Yeah, it was HIV. And it was knocking out one particular sect of people like by the thousands, like in droves. And obviously it was... Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. it was the gay community in uh, San Francisco is where this was first being documented. And his book is fascinating. It doesn't just talk about this. It talks about, uh, you know, it talks about all the, commu the, the, the communist, him growing up as a communist and watching this unfold, a communist in America. Interesting book. Quick read. And he writes, it's like, it's like eating a, a great breakfast. You know, if, you, if you're not hungry, it just goes down quick. I have bad, I can't comprehend well, but if you put syrup on anything, it tastes good. And I mean, he puts syrup on these words and it just goes down the hatch real easily. I don't have to read things two and three times because of my dyslexia. It's a good book. Very interesting. But he identified a lot of this starting at the bathhouses in San Francisco, which I know is, you know, we're not going to get into all that. But this is where like the epicenter was and then people would fly in from all over the country and the world. And that's how this thing started spreading wildly. Um, and, you know, and now we are, we are here now. Um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, that Oregon... The Oregon Mayor Kate Brown basically said recently, Governor. The go governor, thank you. We're not reopening until we have a vaccine. Well, good luck with that because we still don't have a vaccine for HIV and here we are in 2020. So that's absurd. So not to talk, this is not an aim. We're not going to get into this as a whole. But the thing is, the book is interesting because it identifies where it happened, how it happened, how we can't stop it, how no one knew anything about it while it was happening. Very similar to this. You know, back then, they thought this was transferable by basically saliva. Or, you know, if you sneeze on someone, you can get HIV, which we know now is not the case. It's basically, if you're a, it's blood. It's, it's basically intravenous drug users, right? And typically sex that, we'll get into that, you know, we don't need to, you know what I'm saying. So that's how, that's how that is transferred, right? Typically anal sex, regardless of where you are, that's how it is. So um, that's how that's passed around. And, you know, right now it's funny because Barbara Streisand's son died of AIDS and Ronald Reagan was blamed. So here's what I'm going to just throw out there real quick. Um, you know, Reagan, he could have given a billion dollars towards funding towards this, and it wouldn't have mattered. You can give a billion dollars towards it now. We still don't have a cure. I guess, Matt, didn't South Park come up with the cure, though? 
with Magic Johnson. Yeah, you just have to grind up money. Grind up money and just shoot, shoot. It, shoot it in there. I mean, let's just talk about what Reagan was dealing with before. Everyone just crushes Reagan. Again, not my opinion. This is what he was dealing with, and this is a fact. And I encourage you to look this up, and we'll talk about what other people are dealing with, and we'll tie that into baseball. This is what makes the sport ended up, sports ended up reset. So, I mean, so this was basically when, um, you know, newly constituted Iran, uh, basically the vendetta against the U.S., terrorist organizations started growing pretty heavily at that point. Uh, the emergence of the virus had basically just started right around there. Gaddafi, you know who that is? Basically, the dictator of Libya, who was the first person to really get into real terrorism. Remember when he bombed the West Germany nightclub in the mid-80s, which killed a lot of American GIs? So what did Reagan do? He bombed his palace in retaliation. Suck it. <laughs> that, was, man, that last part was my opinion, but he definitely did do that. Uh, the spread of communism, major leaders throughout the problem was that these leaders kept turning over and turning over. You know, Gorbachev after that, Brezhnev, 82, Andropov, 84. Um, people kept turning over and over and over. The problem with that is that you couldn't build rapport with any of these people because as we're trying to build rapport with them, something else would happen. And that's that movie that Tom Cruise was in. Uh, he's the, He played the guy in Louisiana running the gun army. Uh, what's that movie with Tom Cruise? I've never seen that. God damn it. It was great. I saw it in the theater. Jerry Maguire. No, not that one. It's a... Uh, American something. Uh, damn it. I saw it in the theater. He was a gun runner and basically working with the CIA, whatever. But um, my point is that... Uh, Vanilla you know, Sky. That was not it at all. Um, the Walker Feist family ring. Remember that one? That's, that's, a, that, that's a great one. Soviet possess the Soviet possession of the U.S. naval codes cost billions in overhauling. Basically <laughs> for the entire naval intelligence system. And then in 85, Reagan had to deal with about a dozen profile spies uh, from all kind of countries. John Walker, Smith, Sharon Scarns, Lynn Chin, Pollard, Pennell, Jeffries, Howard, plus a couple other people had to expel dozens of Soviet people from the embassy from Washington upon learning how many KO, KGB operatives were there. And then at, just at the end of this whole thing, dealing with Ortega in Nicaragua, uh, the Sandistas, you know, the Marxist rebels, that's where that part of that movie came from. It's not American Dream. Got this Interview story. with a Vampire. That's the one. Interview with a Vampire. The point is, is that he had to deal with, as he's trying to give guns to the Contras to help. So there's a lot going on here while Reagan's being president. And the funny part is that, you know, a lot of people are mad that he didn't give enough uh, resources towards, you know, research towards HIV. What would happen right now if we just said, okay, what's the president going through right now? Well, aside from the obvious... If you log on, when you click on your iPhone, I don't have an Android, but your iPhone, you know how when you like open it and the news thing comes up? It's like CNN, this, that, the New York yeah. Times. It's just straight up like Trump losing, failure, it's over, and then you turn on the television. You cannot argue with me on this. MSNBC has just lost their mind. CNN has Como on here basically yesterday calling him mentally challenged. It's like, wow, okay. And then, you know, every news network, with the exception of Fox, ABC. NPR. NPR the other day went 10 minutes straight about the spread of COVID, talking about people on having patio lunches and stuff like that, and never once mentioned any type of rioting or anything like that, and blamed Donald Trump for keeping the country open. Please continue. I'm, no, NPR might be the worst. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue there. Uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, it really is the same narrative collectively. Uh, it's really getting ridiculous. We're not promoting Fox News over here. I don't care. I don't watch the news anymore. I don't care. It's just funny. I watch InfoWars. I watch Info. You know what? Alex Jones is coming on this podcast one day. I'll tell you that uh, for sure. 
my point about, you know, as I stumbled some of that through that Reagan stuff because I'm talking way too fast because I'm trying to beat the clock. The funny part is that dealing with, you know, all of that, you know, just when it came to fighting communism, as he said he would do two things, right? I'm going to cut taxes and fight communism. Well, that's a, that's a big overhaul because at the time there was a lot of communist stuff happening in the 80s. I'm going to be the Encyclopedia Britannica to understand that. So right now, I just don't know what else this guy can deal with. Like Trump, don't like Trump, or indifferent, what else can happen? And now we have a Sahara dust storm that's <laughs> coming through right now, which is absolutely biblical. It's not as bad as people are making it, but it is kind of making it a little dimmer. I keep thinking it's going to rain, and it never does. Um, hey, I think I figured out what movie it was. What? Rain Man. Not, no, not that one either. Yes, no. Um, can you just, don't worry about it anymore. I'm just so aggravated. I didn't put that in the notes. They basically just said that we brought the Contras over here, trained them, gave them guns, and then they just dispersed in the United States as undocumented um, immigrants. It's a great movie, by the way. It starts off with drug running, then gun running. It's cocktail. Awesome. That's it, cocktail. That's the one, yeah. All right, stop. All right, jeez, you're killing me. Um, so, American made, by the way. American made, thank you, finally. <laughs> but uh, So in this instance, um, I think that you know, when you look at the comparison of the two, there's a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities. And right now, I just don't know how you're looking at what's happening. And you're not, even if you, so if you're an alien and you come down here and I tell you, hey man, check this out. We had this virus, right? And it came from China and it did, okay? And he's probably like, okay, tell me more. I'm like, okay, okay. And then it spread around the country, you see, because people were still like partying and hanging out. So it's spiked. You see what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, I can see that. I'm like, okay, even though you're a superior being, you probably already know the code, how to you know, crack this thing. And then we all went down like lockdown, jobs shut down, everyone like businesses shut down. Everyone had to like actually hang out with their family. Um, you know, everything just stopped. And then a couple months later, a bunch of people got together and protested around the country in major metropolitan areas. And then shortly after that, a spike happened. Mr. Alien, Mr. Superior Being, that probably communicates towards telepathic communication. Would you attest, would you say that that spike was due to that instead of like going to a crawfish boil or having a graduation party or going to the bar with a couple friends? He'd probably say, yes, I think you're correct. And then he'd blow the world up because that's how stupid we are. My point is, how are you going to say this, these, these protesters did not... Spike this thing in particular areas, and we're near New Orleans. Test, oh, and then I'm not gonna. This is when we get into the whole narrative. Yes, we can finally test it now. So now cases are gonna go up. This is not, a, this is just a mathematical probability of, and then because it has a low death toll, then naturally the death toll is gonna get even lower. Can I jump in here? Absolutely. So this is where I'd like to hop in because we are probably all gonna get this, right? Eventually, at some point, there's a crazy spread of it. Here's my advice to you, people of the world. Get up in the morning, mix in a salad and a sit-up, get yourself moving, and don't take shit from people that are wearing masks and yelling at you, telling you that you're making them unhealthy when they're 300 pounds ordering another burger at Five Guys. Listen, I'm not anti-mask. I think you should wear it if you're gonna be out in public, if you're gonna be indoors with other people. You know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not the doctor here. I don't know if it actually does stop any transmission. You know, they've gone back and forth on that so many times, it's hard to say. Uh, I'll just, 
for the sake of the argument, I'll say it is very helpful. Don't ask me to care about you, but they always say it's about helping your friend, right? It's supposed to protect your other people. Don't ask me to protect you when you won't protect yourself. Mix in a salad and a sit-up, you fat ass. Run around a little bit. Skip the skip the second line at the buffet unless it's salad. You were on the right track there and <laughs> at the Biloxi uh, casino. So, so take care of yourself. Do some running. Get outside. Get some vitamin D. Soak up the sun. Lift a weight. Run somewhere. You'll feel a lot better. You'll you'll if you're stuck inside and you don't have a job right now, you'll feel a lot like you actually accomplished something. So tell them your neighbor doctor told you that. I like it. Um, yeah. And on that same note, as I just, as we, we spoke of, and we're going to get into the baseball section for you now. No, I think you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> set up in a salad. What do you because mean? Because it, it only kills the people that are out of shape. Well, if you take the nursing homes out of this, this is not even a, it's not even a, you know, HIV, you know, you know what the, so the death rate for HIV was basically 100%. Uh, and, you know, right now, you know, this is not going to kill you. Why we all know that. And that's what we feared. I just it's think not that, that. No, it comes to two things. Like, this does not have to be politicized and weaponized. This comes right now. This comes, I think it breaks down into two categories. The people that are adults and the people that are idiots. And you don't have to necessarily be a Republican or a Democrat to be an adult. It's you telling me that this is going to kill me and that the protest didn't have the second spike and that blue states such as California, Illinois, and Chicago, where they let this all happen, didn't want this to happen on purpose to set up political gain. And that's where I draw the line because they absolutely did. Cuomo goes and calls out DeSantis in Florida about his death toll, which is around 3,500. Homeboy, yours is over 30,000. And you're the one that sent people back to the nursing homes. You are the, you are the Grim Reaper, if anything. And you're ugly. God damn. You, you sound so dumb. His voice is so distinct. Quick story. Yeah. Good. But, no, it's, yeah. Does. it's just insane. The dude blames everybody. I don't know. There's nobody likes it. He's Why gonna... did I bring this up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his brother's so cool, too. You know, him, him and his brother would be on CNN together, and it'd be like... Yeah, that was really That fun. was so sick. It was almost as fun awesome. as when he was like, oh, I've been quarantined for 15 days in my basement. I'd been and then he caught. walks out and hugs his family. Yeah, after he had already been caught. That was more... That was that made the Jesse Smollier, Smollier <laughs> Juicy... That made that look like single-A baseball. When he decided that he came out of his cave like Nosferatu, like he's been down there, some yeah, some vampire in Looks his like, coffin. Uh, Robinson Crusoe getting yeah. off the island. Anybody got a shave and a shower over him? I've been in jail for 10 years, but I can speak like, 10 languages now. Looks like Tom Hanks. And I can <laughs> fight. Getting banked to Memphis. Tom, what that move was? Castaway? Castaway. Yeah. No, Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's Castaway. Wilson. <laughs> I think that was Philadelphia, actually. Yeah, it was. Hey, look at you. It sure wasn't big. Uh, yeah, so, it back to HIV. Oh, yeah. Wow. Nice. Sick. Uh, so, you know, in closing on that, you know, you probably, why, why would you want to bring all that up? You know, as we said, Reagan dealt a lot. Trump right now, I don't think a president's going to deal with more. Regardless if you like him or not, this is getting out of control. The war right now is internally, it's more within this country, uh, as opposed to what's going on outside. And there's still a whole lot going on outside, but that's kind of been muted. And 2020 has just been such a circus. But, you know, Major League Baseball has almost done the same thing. History depletes itself uh, with, you know, we've seen this in the 80s. We're seeing it now. And, you know, the funny thing is, although 
one killed you, one didn't. Major League Baseball really saw this, and Chuck Knobloch, when he came here, talked about that in the strike. When he spoke of how, like, you know, I didn't really notice any fans. He's more, I'm in the zone, I didn't notice any fans, but every now and then I look up and say, shit, there's no one in this stadium, you know, like, there's nobody here, you know, because people turn their back on baseball. And unlike the NFL and the NBA, baseball doesn't exactly have, like, a growing population. It's not like playing... Uh, what's that game those old ladies play? Uh, Back rank? No, the card game the old ladies play with that lady f- Bridge. Yeah, I think it is Bridge. Remember when we were at the place and that lady fell and broke her face open and ran outside and picked her up? I think they were playing Bridge. Which is a Go di- fish. <laughs> this lady fell and the drunk neighbor ran outside and picked her up and she's like, thank you. Like, need a ride home? She's like missing three teeth. Like, no, she's fine. She goes back in. Keeps drinking her gin and throwing cards around with her pals. It's unbelievable. Um, but I think that... <laughs> go fish. It is bridge, I'm pretty sure. But, um, you know... Battle. That's the best game ever. It's a great game. Completely took me off my... That, and that was it. I totally lost train of thought now, so I'm done. What was I talking about? We're getting into the Major League Baseball. Right. So I think that if you're in... If you like... like Even if you sped baseball up, you no one else would watch it. It's like, oh, they sped it up? No, I'm going to watch it. No, it's not supposed to be sped up. No, so I would really like it if there was less of it. Yeah. That's a very uh, sound argument, right? No, it's outrageous. It is. And I think that um, they almost did it themselves again. So we're looking at something we saw in the 80s, you know, with some sort of pandemic. We're seeing it now. Major League Baseball, not learning from their mistakes, almost missed it. They were close to not having a season. This almost happened. You know, I was reading Buster only, as much as I don't like him, he is well-informed internally. We have to agree on that. Yeah. He has his sources. Like, what's the guy that, uh, the Woj, Woj bombs? Yeah. He knows. What's the MMA guy that knows Sean Payton? Um, he's like jacked. He's bald. Jay Glazer. Yeah. Like, when he comes, like, he's well-informed. He knows people. And so when he comes out and says something... It's pretty much gospel. Yeah, especially absolutely. when he, he was the one that said the Saints are getting Jeremy Shockey when no, you know, we're like no, we're not. And like two days later, we signed Jeremy. This is two thousand eight. All right, there's no doubt. They're yeah. getting. <laughs> I, I like that guy a lot. I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's great. So Buster only has the same type of things, and he was like, this came to like down to the owners basically begging the players to play, which I would have thought would have been the opposite, and it really leaves kind of a stink in my mouth, kind of like not really a shit sandwich, but kind of like you farted on my grilled cheese. And kind of taste it on the outside, but kind of goes away. I'd rather have that than actually you deposit a turd in between the pieces of cheese, right? And then I eat that. So that's kind of what we're looking at now. It's a fart sandwich. Uh, but at least we get 60 games. So let's get into this. A 60-game season in Major League Baseball is by far the most interesting thing, probably in sports in my life, for a lot of reasons. And I'm going to go ahead and pass this on to you. We all know there are teams that tend to come out the gate swinging. 60 games, you're not even close to the break yet, really, kind of. But, you know, they can't have that last leg of the marathon. Then they sell the farm, and then the Dodgers buy everybody every year, right? We'll give you a one-year rent deal, and then the Yankees do it. Same thing every year, and they never win. But the thing is that, you know, now you might see teams, these 30, 40 to ones, you got the Reds sitting there at 40 to one. Well, if they sprint and win the Central... Don't tell me they can't come out of the National League and it's only a 60-game season. Great point. If you're gambling on this, it's actually worse odds for the better teams because they have the bandwidth to withstand. They're built, they're built 
to play 162 games and play for half a year. Whereas now, it's almost like the bad teams have an advantage or the average or above average teams. And then the really good teams, they don't want to. I feel if I'm the skipper of a really good team like the Dodgers, I don't want a 60-game season. I want a 200-game season. But wait, go ahead. What well, do you, you know, I, I get that, but I don't. Uh, I, I think what this is going to come down to <laughs> I get that, but I don't. is that – but I understand the sentiment, but I don't necessarily agree with it 100% because I've gone back and forth on this a lot. Uh, one of the teams that I've thought about probably more than any, which is weird because I'm, I'm not a big National League guy, which, by the way, abolish the DH has finally gone through – we're going to have, or excuse me, abolish the pitcher hitter. We're going to have a universal DH, which I, for one, am very happy about. I think it's absolutely ridiculous to put pitchers up to hit. Uh, you disagree with me on that. That's okay. I, I get that. Um, it's that, a fundamental argument. What it's that will mean is it's that from 2010 to 2020, Lance McCullers had more World Series RBIs than the Yankees <laughs> as an organization. Also, what it'll do is the National League, uh, their totals will have to go up now. That's a good point. You're going to have to adjust for inflation on that because now you're not going to have some idiot up there going, eh, now it's a dude that can... Sticking a bat out, not even knowing (laughs) what to do with it. Unless your name uh, is... Who can hit really in the American... Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner, that's it. He is like, yeah. (laughs) You love that guy, by the way. Yeah, I'm a big fan. He's got a big wife. Yeah. And I like that about him. Shows character. He's a bar. I, I bet you he had... I can see him in a bar drinking Budweiser. You call his wife fat, he throws your ass out of a window. He's huge, by the way. He never turned his back on Aubrey Huff. Well, he didn't? Not, with Good. The, not that I know of. Good. I guarantee you he voted for Trump. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, North Carolina ball. Well, anyways, <laughs> one, of, one of the guys... Uh, one of the teams that I've thought about a lot is the Atlanta Braves. Uh... A very young, very talented team that really reminds me a lot of the Astros in like the 2016 and uh, 2015 where they were really coming on. They beat the Yankees in that wild card game. If you may remember, Colby Rasmus had those crazy home runs. Colby Rasmus. They actually should have beaten the uh, Kansas City Royals in this series. After that, Carlos Correa lets one go through his leg. It, Long story short, but the best part of that was Dallas Keuchel absolutely dominating the New York Yankees. Your New York Yankees. Uh, So anyways, I I look at this in a short season. Uh, I look at a young team like that, a very powerful lineup. I mean, really, really great. Acuna, Freeman, uh, stack really top to bottom. Actually a decent pitching staff, but here's where I have a little concern. A very young pitching staff. Uh, you know, Folly, a guy that has been extremely good over the couple, couple, last couple of years. Uh, you remind me of their ace's name. He Soroka. Soroka, extremely a stud. Like, absolute stud. I bet uh, against – I'm not trying to – I, I made a mistake of betting against him one day. And it was just uh, – it, it was a disaster. This dude um, – my brother texts me. He goes, who you got today? And I'm like, I'm taking the Blue Jays. He goes, they're – they're against Soroka. I'm like, Soroka, Fafoka, playoffs, your mother, Roka. And he goes, dude, you don't know about this big Canadian? He's like a 6'7 flame ball Canadian that has a split finger fastball. Who the hell throws a split? That was put to rest by the cutter 
but his fingers are like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> so he puts his, they showed a picture of the ball around his fingers. It looks like putting your legs around a basketball. That's how big his fingers are. And he freaking throws some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen. He throws in the high 90s. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he, and he also, he's, not that, I'm sorry, I know this is your section here, but he, he also, uh, as, remember Johan Santana, who was a lefty, yeah. you know, for the, he threw like 98, and Santana was known for, he could throw 98, 99, and then drop that circle change at like 62 with the same motion, where people could have swung and missed, and then it was so bad they could have swung again because the ball's not even there. He has that as well. But I think I know what you're saying is that he just doesn't, maybe, you're talking about postseason jitters and stuff. Maybe. Not just that. Let's say in a small sample size with him and then Max Fried's their third guy. And then from there, you know, you have uh, shit. Uh, King Felix and Cole Hamels. I mean, those guys were great in 2008. But in this year, I, you know, once you get to that King fourth and Fe- fifth King game. King Felix plays for them? Yeah. How did I even know that? Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's not new. It's a deep dive. Um you know, great pitcher for a long time in Seattle, but I mean the arm, the the Hall mileage. of Famer, right? you should go to the Hall of Fame. The mileage. Oh, the, he's got more miles on his arm, dude. And I mean, he is, and they hoard him out. And that was back when they actually let guys go eight and nine and CG. Yeah, they didn't let. He wasn't this six and two thirds type guy. No. So what I'm thinking is he a starter. Yeah. So well, what I'm thinking is what? with that group as your rotation, I, I just I'm not sure. If you can depend on a young kid like that to be consistent enough over 60 games and then have that. And then you look at their bullpen. It's okay. They did pick up Will Smith last year. Uh, your boy is their closer. Gas can Melanson. Gas can. Former Houston Astro. <laughs> so I, I just – I'm not sure what that – I do think they're a very talented club. But I think in this 60-game season – and, you know, they're in the division of your your reigning World Series champion uh, Nationals. They're going to play some tough teams. In Nationals the are sitting. League. People are uh, not playing. Well, Zimmerman's not. But, you know, as long as Soto doesn't drop off, I think that team in Strasbourg, they're going to continue to play well. Uh, yeah, I don't like them either. Obviously, I sat here with you while we watched that, uh, that World Series. But I, as a season total of 34 and a half, which... For the listeners at home, that may not sound like very high in the 60 games. I still season. don't get it. It's, we're not going to have many. No team has predicted over 40 games in Vegas. So either Vegas is just going to get murdered, which I don't think they are because there's not very much sports going on right now. And your mother has the Atlanta Braves over. I personally would take the under here. I think it's a pretty safe play. If we get later in the season, maybe we hedge and see what they can do. Like... Late season, take them, I don't know, like World Series. If, because if this uh, rotation just takes off, we're going to know very early. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to show up consistently and where every start like this is extreme. It's almost like a college baseball season where like every season, once you start conference play, you have to win every Friday night. Like when LSU used to send out Lane Mestape on Friday nights. All right, well, just chalk that up as a W. You just got to win one of the Saturdays win or something. Win on Sunday, maybe. I hope that reference hits for some people, but it may not. Uh, so, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's not like you have a guy like Justin Verlander like the Astros do where you send him out on Friday and you know you're going to get a victory. Like it, it's almost chalk it up where when Garrett Cole was with the Astros 
which it took him a little while. He sputtered in a little bit last year. But then once you got it, he got hot, you know, it was tough for him to get beat. So that'll be another thing fun to watch this year is how pitchers uh, go off. No, I, I, um, I, I agree with that, um, especially uh, with the Astros pitching staff, um, which I do want to talk about in one second. But I'm sorry, you said Verlander, so I wanted to jump off. But yeah, uh, the Braves, you know, when you set 34 and a half, in a 60-game season, the first thing that came off to me was, you asked, what do you think? You didn't say your opinion. Your opinion. And I thought, I'm going to empty out my 401k. But then when I heard your story and how 34 and a half is almost, what's the Yankees? I, I saw 36. I think they're 36. The Astros are 35. The highest is the LA Dodgers with 37 37 and a half. And a half. So that's, when you think about that percentage divided by 60, it's tough to win 40 out of 20. Or excuse me, 20, 40 out of 60. That's two-thirds. That's very yeah. difficult. At that pace, you would win an astronomical amount of games in 160. So they're basically putting this. You have to. This is when I started to realize it. They're putting this on what it would be over the course of the entire season. And I don't know if the Braves can make it to that. I don't know. I do know we'd agree the Mets are going to be pretty good. Great we think. We staff. think. You hate, we hate to predict the Mets and the Jets. And everybody says they're going to be good. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm good. Get away from me. Come on down yeah. and greet the Mets. <laughs> Come on down and greet the Mets. <laughs> and the Phillies are still going to be. The Phillies were a good team last year. 80-something, almost 90 wins. They're there. And no one talks Bryce Harper. Another 100 RBI season. Don't you dare talk about Bryce Harper. And if anyone thinks that he left, that the Nationals are better without him, then you're an idiot. Well, and they you were can... better. They won the World Series. Yeah, right. Well, it just it's happy. Yeah. And I'm sure that the Saints, the Saints were undefeated without Drew Brees. So we should have kept that dude in the whole time too. Right, baby? Teddy Bridgewater. Can't wait to see you in that Carolina jersey. You have to throw the football now. That... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Anchor is telling us we only have another 12 minutes before they cut us off here. I've never seen that message, but I'm glad they sent it. So that is an interesting... Um, you know, way to look at that. The 60-game season will make things different. And then you talked about this. Now, and you should expand on this, but it ain't like the normal we can just give a game away now. You ain't giving nothing away now. Every game now, this becomes the NFL. We can't. There is no, all right, there's always tomorrow. No, there is no tomorrow. There's only, and with 162 there games. There is no tomorrow, Rock. <laughs> there is no tomorrow. It's going to be very interesting, especially in like those uh, – Late, uh, late inning, extra inning games where some of these coaches are just like, listen, home run or strikeout because we almost want to lose at some point because I don't want to burn another arm. In a 60-game season where you really don't have that many arms and you're – I mean, you have the arms, but, like, you got to go back to back to back. You don't have that many games. You can't afford to just give a game, right? Absolutely. So it's going to be very interesting to see how these managers – Adapt. Uh, I know the Astros will definitely miss Jeff Luno this year, uh, and and AJ Hinch and putting that together. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be the most bet on thing maybe of all time this summer. Uh, no, they've already they're already predicting for it. There is no. So I was reading an article right now that uh, Odd Sharp was talking about. There is going to be more money wagered on baseball. They're already now. They're they're. This is all. Uh, they're just. This is their um, uh, forecast, like their opinion, but their forecast. But you know how starved people are? No one that bets MMA. I don't bet MMA. Now I'm going to your house, listen to you and Salvo. I'm like, yeah, give me that chick, Amanda Nunes, who, by the way, she start fighting men. 
Uh, she is a uh, one of my beast. buddies. Is like, hey, bro, you think you can beat her? I'm like, no. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't want to fight. No, I don't think she's messing with professional fighters. Whatever. If you haven't watched, she's worth the money to watch her mess with these female fighters that fight her are still at the pinnacle of that, and she makes them. It's like Serena Williams, except... Beats their ass. Yeah, I know. It's like when you're wrestling Goldberg in the WCW in the mid-90s, bro. It's over. Yeah, in the late 90s. You're getting... You're getting... What's it called? The jack. Hammer. Except she's a little bit more creative with her moves. It's not just spear. <laughs> spear, jackhammer? Pitiful. Oh, God. Goldberg's... Come on, man. I like him, bro. And he voted for the Trumpster. How about Simpleton. that? You like that? Uh, and he was great in the longest yard. That's how the... He had many quotes that I like. But, uh, so yeah, we're going to be, um, I'll get into my real quick. We only have about nine minutes left. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin that said that's how the white man plays guitar. That's right, it was. But then, who's, oh, then he, that's how, that's that's how the white man runs the football. He said to Nelly. Yeah, that's funny. I love that movie so much. I think we just, we might get an email from HR for that one. I think, uh, Tommy, Tommy Bench is going to get it on us for that, but that's okay. Just quoting Just quoting the movie, bro. Just quoting the movie, bro. That's how the white man runs the football. If I was on D, I'd crack you over that egg ass head. Yeah, but you ain't on D, are you, bitch? <laughs> I love that scene. So, for me, um, you like the Astros. You like the Braves under 34 and a half. I'm going to take that bet with you. Uh, I would like to. I like when we disagree on things. Um, it makes her a bit. But the more I thought about it, and you said it, like, you're right. They're begging you to say, it's the Braves. What? They have a Kuna. He's awesome. And by the way, that kid is, he ph- is really phenomenal. Good. But, I mean, you're right. I mean,. This makes no sense to me. And there's going to be a lot of teams around that 500 mark around that time. 35 games seems to be a lot. I'm taking that. I'm taking the Astros to win the World Series at 6.5 to 1. And that's not because my co-host, the drunk neighbor, is an avid Astros fan. It's not because I had the, we, had, we like the Astros and I'm, I'm coming around. I might actually be a fan now, kind of. I love Bregman. But I feel like we're getting a discount here. I feel they're still the best team in baseball. And I know the Dodgers are, you know, the Yankees are up here, and that's great. But I feel that that we're again we're assuming what's going to happen. It's like we're, um, it's like the margin of error. What they're going to do, the Astros aren't going to run around like uh, uh, at a, a hurricane in the grocery store and just grab whatever they can and throw it in the. Oh, we need water. We need mustard and throw it in there because that's what those teams do. The Astros aren't going to do that. What the Astros are going to do is stick with who they have. Uh, they have a better core of a bit. Does that make sense? Did I? That wasn't a good one. No, Actually, not. I think it was a good one because that's what the Dodgers do. They're like, wait, who's, who we get? Who can we get? Yeah, throw them in the cart. And I think the Astros are more grounded. People forget Justin Verlander just won the Cy Young again. So it's all calmed down. And our boys coming back, Lance, Lance McCullers. And we still have, I know that you don't like, you kind of grew, uh, I, God damn it. Zach Greg. Granky looked so good when he had to be good in Game 7. You oh, he's done. I didn't want him to come he out. dominated that game. And if he can somehow get his head right, then, I mean, we have, we're looking at one of the best uh, rotations in the American League. Um, top five, probably top three. Uh, you can make the argument for number one. but With Arkady and Josh James as those fourth and fifth spots. And still projected. a great bullpen. Very, yeah. And still a great lineup. So I love that one. Presley and Osuna back this year, very top, very top notch. I love the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Dickie Salvo is supposed to come on and talk about that. They added Encarnacion, a lot of other, uh, a lot of other free agents. I've already talked about them. But we deleted the episode uh, with the reset. But I love their GM Rick Helm, uh, Rick Hahn. And I'll tell you why. You know this guy, like he's forty nine years old. <laughs> he went to Michigan as an undergrad, Harvard Law, and the Kellogg School of Management. <laughs> 
Dude's like Daryl Morey. He's pretty smart. Uh, I like smart people, but he's not caught up in woke and academia. He understands how to do this. He's taken a bit out of Billy Bean's thing. He does the Moneyball thing, but he'll pay people. He's kind of a, uh, what do they call it when you uh, cross? Um, he's hybrid. a hybrid, and I like him a lot. The Astros are the Chicago White Sox plus 300 to win. That division is great. They have the best farm system, period, right now in the American League. Nine pro- not their entire, you know what? I'm going to say this for a different episode. Their farm team is insane, and they've done a great job, and, you know, Han's a lot to do with that. I'm not going to bet this, but I have it on here, so I'm going to talk about it. The Red Sox are plus 525 to win the East. I never, I never would have thought that the Tampa Rays would be favored over them. And the Tampa Rays are the most popular. The White Sox are a little popular as well, but the Tampa Rays are a very popular team. The last two years have overachieved with an underwhelming payroll, with a great general manager and a great manager in probably the most one of the hardest divisions to play in when you have Boston and New York that will just throw money at problems. And in baseball, you can do that. You can't do that in basketball and football. So I think that, you know... For Boston to be over five to one, five and a quarter to one, I think that's worth a look. Yeah, it might be a couple hundo for me. I'm not sure. You know, when I, whenever I look at that division, um, I, I think of it a lot like the uh, SEC East in football, and I would compare. I like this. Tampa, excuse me, not Tampa, Toronto to Kentucky. That wild card Ooh. that could actually has some young Ooh. and upcoming talent. That could actually go ahead, fuck around, and steal something. Excuse my language, but could possibly a little wild card, but a little. I'll put a hundred on that. See I like that. I like that. Wait, wait, hold on. Get, take take the rest of the minute on that. So Kentucky, I know who you kind of like. Wait, that's not teardrop. I don't know all your sayings. Teardrop. I, I like West Virginia. That's moonshine. Uh, I don't know. You teardrop know these, in my. I don't know these songs. You're makes like, the taste of moonshine. Teardrop in my. <laughs> But uh, we like Kentucky. We both think they're going to be... SEC East. I know I like, I like Florida in the East, and that's not nearly as popular. I know. Oh, yeah, I get it. But, you know, Georgia, everyone likes them again. Florida's sure full coach in Florida. <sighs> Florida will contend. Yeah, whatever. But um, we'll talk about that. But wait, give, give, give me a little bit on that. So you think the Kentucky comparable toward Toronto, what would make you say that about the Blue Jays? Aside the fact that there's, like, so many awesome players' children on their team... <laughs> Biggio's kid, Guerrero's kid. I think there's another one on there. There's like three like legacy children on that team. But they were super talented last year. They had some injuries, but they're in that powerhouse division where they had to see these teams. Uh, and I think their chances of winning that division were almost lottery odds. You're yeah. not you're not condoning they win the division, right? Well, I'm just saying that. I'm not throwing it out. If, 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 you're, if you're gonna do it, like if you're gonna take a long shot within the American League on a division winner, I think they're the ones. You know, uh, it's fifty-five to one. Bacchetti, Biggio, Guerrero. I let's take a chance. I mean, take a chance on me. Exactly. I like it, uh, and. We have to get closer. By around. the way, they they played over five hundred for a decent portion of the year last they, towards the end of the year where the they injury were just bug killed the injury bug killed them in, in mid August and then it, and then they just they what they did was they just mailed it in. And right? Verlander still threw in a, a perfect game against them. So. They did man. a no hitter. Sick. And my last one is the Reds uh, in the NLC um, National League Central. Uh, the Reds to me, 
I think, have the chance to come out of the National League. Um, probably the best bullpen nearly in the National League and a loaded lineup again. And now with Bauer, Castillo, and Sonny Gray, this might be the best rotation in the National League. And for me, I just think uh, this is worth a look. The Reds, um, plus 280 to win the Central. That's my bet. But if you want to get aggressive... Uh, they're 17 to one to come out of the National League, and I think that is worth a great look. And if you think a team can come out of their obviously their conference, you should probably take them at a lesser value to win the World Series at whatever domination you see fit. Uh, this team is going to be really good. And Joey Votto, who was hurt all last year, is down 10 pounds. Not that he was ever fat. One of the greatest baseball players in my generation. We can probably agree. One of the best players of all time. Doesn't say. Doesn't talk, just makes just unless somebody's chirping him behind the plate. Yeah. Oh, and then or he Those trolls trolls great. the shit out of fans. By the way, Those are great. remember when he wouldn't give the girl the foul ball? He just dropped it. <laughs> but uh, I love the Reds at plus two eighty two in the Central, uh, and I think um, you know that's probably it as far as I can go as far as uh, you know futures. So you know, quick recap: what you got? I got the Braves under 34 and a half wins. I like the Astros plus 650 to win the World Series. I like the Cubs plus 300 to win the AL Central. I am going to take Boston on the record to win the AL at plus 525. And I like the Reds to win at 280 and to win uh, the National League pennant uh, as well. Big fan of the picks. Especially I'm taking your Braves under. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I think the movie you were referencing earlier was Minority Report. My no, that's the one, Minority Report. Yes, that's the one. Pre-Cogs, the pre-crime one. Yes, no, once again, the drunk neighbor can't he already identify the movie. Can't leave the joke to be over. Look, guys, thanks for tuning in. And once again, uh, you'll notice that to get more operationally sound as we go, Kevin Dombrowski comes on next week. Uh, can't wait for that. A very recognized comedian in New York. Uh, he's going to be hilarious. That's going to be sick. And uh, you know what? Anything you want to close your drunk neighbor before we roll out of here? Well, should we tease that in a couple of weeks we're going to have uh, from the Chicago Bulls and from the 10-part oh, documentary, wow. Luke Longley. I can't believe I forgot that. So Luke Longley, the center for the Chicago Bulls, is coming on for an actual interview. It's not going to be that long, uh, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. If you watched The Last Dance, Luke Longley was basically left out of the whole thing. And I think he's going to vent a lot of his frustration, and rightfully so. Absolutely. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So be sure and remember, we'll be sending you guys the Instagram and Twitter handles for our new social media campaign, Guerrilla Marketing, coming on its way. I am your host, Danny Belts. And keep it real, Anadotians. Subscribe, rate, and review.